0: Who are we? Nobodies! Speak for yourself.
1: Okay, we're Canadian filmmakers with the dream of surviving financially on the backs of our films.
0: Welcome to our show where we bring people along on our film journey. Maybe
1: maybe we can learn a thing or two.
0: Maybe we can teach people a thing or two while drinking
1: beers. I mean, if you can't drink beers while filmmaking, what's the point? We are Fable Forest Films,
0: failing our way to success.
1: Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, our show. First frames first.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode 19 Of
1: First Frames First. Yes. Uh, It was very Halloween-like. I'm going to do an evil laugh. Okay, go. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Thanks. Uh, This is episode 19. Did you say 19 already? Mm -hmm. Episode 19 of First Frames First. A special episode uh, which we filmed Weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, uh, as guests uh, of our good new friends at RCMP Podcast, dot um, they invited us on the show to speak about our favorite Canadian horror film, yes. uh, and we chose Cube. Um, so we spent a, we spent a, a good hour with these guys chit chatting about uh, Canadian film and uh, indie film, and um, it was it was a lot of fun. It and was it, a great podcast. Yeah, yeah. It, it aired on their show October. Halloween night. Yeah. For their audience and uh, And
0: uh, they are real professionals. It's true. They are I we mean
1: We are juggling clowns. My understanding. Compared to have those a, professionals. They don't have a super sweet YouTube channel like we have. Hi. But
2: we are the champions
1: <laughs> No, they, they they don't interrupt each other. No. Very nice. Uh, they have professional professional
0: audio voices, like voices that are designed for radio. Yeah. Their their voices are amazing.
1: Very true. They had amazing microphones yes uh they kept their show under an hour they had questions ready they had a plan yeah it was it was quite something we i think we learned a lot our show's going to get be better every time after this one mm-hmm. our show will get better and better so i mean thank you yeah thank you guys very much it We're was really... it was a lot of fun yeah and uh hopefully we have a, a huge new following After, you know,
0: all Hundreds
1: and hundreds of thousands of millions of people, probably. That's what I'm expecting, anyway. Right. I mean, they have a pretty large following, and obviously, after they heard our witty banter, they will be like, we're dropping one show, we have a new favorite show. Favorite show. So, um, yeah, Yeah. welcome, all you new listeners. I'm sorry that the first show you're hearing after listening to us speak is just a replay of the exact same show we just did. Um, So, maybe skip this one go back and listen to all of our other You're shows. You're way overthinking it. Yeah, am I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go back listen to all of our other shows and then and then jump back don't to episode 20. We're going to have a ooh, 3D. We're going to have a <laughs> We're going to a super special I would have thought he would smoke be had
0: been smoking pot, but I know he doesn't smoke pot. No. No, I don't.
1: No. Well, uh, I hope you enjoy the the show that we did, and um, please enjoy it. And do you know what? Before
0: you before you watch the show, before you listen to the show, go and watch Cube. Oh, because it's
1: awesome, and we don't want to spoil spoil everything for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the show, it will get spoiled. Yes. And uh, listen, guys, if you find anything helpful, follow us on Twitter, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram. Yes. And uh, give us a share, and maybe
1: a review in iTunes. Um. Tell us how garbage our show is. Or, or alternatively, enjoy our show. Yeah, mm-hmm. do that one. And mention that. Yeah. All right, thanks, everyone. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Hey.
0: Hey. hey! hey! Do you want to do
1: an intro to your
0: show now? I don't know. Do you know, do you know what? You, we have stage fright after your amazing intro. <laughs> we usually ju- we usually just fumble through our intro. We have no idea what we're doing. So it was good to be part of a group of professional people
1: that know yeah, what they're doing, felt, you know what I mean? Felt really good what we had to do because we're writers is uh, we, we documented what our intro was like and then we took 47 takes to get it uh, you know, 50% right. Not, yeah, we just, that was amazing. We what an intro. In. Yeah, yeah.
3: So with us today, we have Adrian Constant and Jason Green, or Jason Green and Adrian Constant from the Fable Forest Films, uh, and they are also from the podcast First Frames First. Hey, guys.
0: Yes. hey Howdy.
3: So uh, these guys have an awesome podcast. You should check it out for our listeners who are more technically inclined. They talk movies. They talk gadgets. What else do you guys talk about on your show?
1: Well... I would say that uh, really what our show is all about is our film journey. So we're we're a couple independent film uh, makers, producers, directors, and uh, yeah, our show really is all about documenting everything that we do within our company. Uh, yeah, we totally talk about films and we totally talk about things that are going on in in film world and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we talk about our writing process and, uh, you know, when we're shooting short films and really anything that we're up to. Yeah. So I'd I'd say that like the the primary motivation for me
0: is um, to map the journey from A to Z as you as as someone would make a movie or as they would, you know, put themselves out there when they make a movie, because that's what I find so interesting with other people is how they
1: how they did it. And so we're just basically making a map. And what we found was just quickly... Um, you know, we, we wanted to document the journey of one full length feature film, yeah. but as we sat down, the more we got to talking, we had, we realized that, you know, indie filmmakers and, and, uh, and artists, they have a lot of irons in the fire. So we kind of turned it into more of a, just a journey of everything that we're up to. So we kind of bounce around project to project and, uh, it's a lot of fun.
3: And, uh, so what kind of short films are you guys working on right now?
1: Well, um, we actually shot, uh, in Stratford, Ontario, beautiful, uh, town city, um, on October 1st. Um, we're working on a short film called My Huntsville Muse. It's a lovely little, uh, lovely little four or five minutes. Yeah, kind of, uh, we won't give too much away, but uh, or will we? Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. It's a, it's a
0: it's a romantic ghost. It, it's, it's a romantic ghost story. So it, it's a ghost story, but I mean the primary driver is love and romance. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah, so a lot like the film you guys chose for us today.
1: You know, oh yeah, very
0: charming. Well, love story basically the same a, thing.
3: Yeah.
1: Really romantic, 100.
3: So, what movie you guys uh, did? You guys bring for uh, our podcast today?
1: Well, when you guys said, uh, you know, think about uh, one of your favorite Canadian horror movies, um, Cube jumped out uh, at uh, at me for sure. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, Adrian had never seen it before, so in prep we uh, we had a little bit of a screening. It was fun.
3: Adrian, how yeah. can you work in genre if not have seen Cube?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's terrible.
0: But um, a lot of the Canadian classics, I'm learning. I'm learning through Jason, who's like a, a film fanatic. He's seen everything with his eyeballs. Um, so, so I'm learning as I go because there are certain Canadian cornerstones and Canadian staples that I missed out growing up in South Africa. Because I, I would I would only get the international stuff,
2: you know. This one was, this is an interesting one because it did seem like a real phenomenon. I was pretty young when it came out, but it was like, it was a real schoolyard one where people were like, man, have you seen this movie? (laughs) Like, I got to get sliced into cubes. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, it was a big deal.
0: Yeah, no, it was. And do you know what? It was, it, it held, it held together really well for, for a movie that was made in the nineties. Yeah, man. Yeah. Ninety eight. Yeah, it looks fantastic.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, so do you guys want to walk uh, through just briefly what the plot is? And feel free to spoil. Uh, I think we can all say as a general consensus, yeah. go watch this fucking Cube, movie. Cube is fun. It's great. It's great. great.
1: Oh, yeah. super fun. Um, yeah. My
3: sister doesn't like horror movies at all, and I recommended this to her because I'm like, dude, this is totally a math nerds movie. Like, you're going to love this. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's. I mean, there are a couple moments, but I don't even know if I would go as far as to say it's a super horror no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, there's
2: a face melting and, it's got, and a, it's and a slicey thing. But, if you
3: yeah. can handle, I don't even say if you can handle Cronenberg. I actually think it's milder than Cronenberg. Yeah. But, like, if you can handle a psychological thriller, you're going to be fine. This is not yeah. a serious issue. Um, so what's this movie about, guys?
0: Uh, well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I love the intro because the intro sets up the whole film as a, as a man wakes up in a box, in a room a square room and he has doors all around him and he has a door to the left to the right forward back up and down right he's in a he's in a he's in a cube he's in a cube oh yeah nailed so, it so uh, uh, and so um what he does is he he decides right i'm going to leave this this box i'm going
1: to go through the door and he does and as he gets to the other side he gets annihilated (laughs) yes there's like a there's like a if you've seen like um resident evil with the all the lasers that cut a guy into like a million pieces and so and right from that
0: moment you know what you're up to you know you know that you're going to be confused you know that people are going to be stuck in a space yeah there's gonna be traps there's gonna be traps people are going to get cut into pieces yeah and uh (laughs) so the story embarks as we meet our we we meet our characters for the first time Mm -hmm. now what i found interesting was that they set it up with that guy dying straight away I was I, I, I thought that we were going to have more solo action before
1: people started getting together. Mm. That's what I did think. Oh, you thought like you would see them each in their own individual compartment yeah. trying to figure things out? Yeah. I will say the one, one neat thing I really liked about this was um, the opening, is that I would say that at the time, and maybe even now, although some of the characters have gone on to do neat things, but at the time, uh, that guy that plays the first character, he is like a... Yeah, Julian Richings. Yeah, he is like a staple of weird Canadian. Horror. He really everything. I mean, he's he's a weird looking cat, and and you know gets a lot of work for that. But what they did was they brought him in probably for half a day or a day or whatever yeah. they brought him in for, Yeah, he's the guy that everyone recognizes and they kill him immediately and, and then move on to the lesser known folks at the time, right? So yeah. that was pretty cool.
3: Posters, He's he, they use him as the big promotions because that's what he looks like, right? Like he's yeah. just, and it, I think it's to be also because he just has such a fascinating, expressive face and because he's a solo individual and the rest mm-hmm. of it is kind of like 10 little Indians almost like who's gonna survive, who's gonna be the last man standing. Um, yeah when you see him then you don't you don't get the spoiler of like who's going to be the last man standing of the rest of the Cubites, right yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah no absolutely not no, now, no, now question is,
3: is he Gollum? No, 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 no he is not just, <laughs> I was just curious
2: No, he's not yeah. um, He's a bit of a
3: golem, I guess <laughs> No, Julian no, but... Richings, our listeners will know from Hardcore Logo uh, He's uh, awesome in that, playing a punk rocker yeah. uh, You will know him from, uh, hopefully you guys all checked out Trisha Lee's uh, film She, He is in uh, Blood, oh God, Blood Demons, I think Blood Hunters Blood Hunters, thank you, Blood Hunters oh, I should know our own guest films um, <laughs> That uh, he is, uh, he plays Death on Supernatural um, He is oh, in... A Very ton cool. of Canadian stuff. He's great.
1: He was actually in a, a film with a buddy of ours um, called Ejecta. I don't know if you've seen that one. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, pretty again, pretty low budget. Well, I I mean I shouldn't say low budget, but definitely an indie flick. But I mean, he sits in a chair the entire movie. It's amazing, <laughs> and they they interview him, so it's pretty cool. So back to the plot of the film. No, no, no. For so those. no, but uh, what, but what I oh yeah okay yeah 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 for sure. I was just gonna say it was a genius indie film move to bring in somebody that everybody recognizes and put them in a couple minutes. So, so just to, so yeah, so absolutely just to
0: let you guys know from, from a casting perspective, when you're putting a movie like this together and I don't know if you guys know this, but like what you do is you find a small role that will require just a half a day and you get someone with a name to say yes to that tiny little role because then you do use them in promotions and
1: you can afford them. Yeah. A good friend of ours made a, made a, a feature film with, and they used Henry Rollins as the voice on the phone, yeah, right, and he, will be speaking to him soon. oh, well, yeah, what, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> so I mean, he might remember the movie in the House of Flies, and um, and uh, so it's just a you know quick little movie with some people in a in a basement, and and Henry plays the voice on the, of the guy on the phone, Genius. and again, he's on all the promotional material, his name's on the cover of the DVD, but uh, you know, I mean, he did voiceover work, which you know, uh, Becky, I hear you do voiceover work, so uh, it, it
2: is a wonderful we can hear it as soon as we heard your intro yes it is it's, yeah. that's right the, the true professional and horse. i mean the big the big canadian success story is always the our classic kids show the hilarious house of frightenstein which quote unquote starred vincent price uh amazing. and they filmed just one day of him and he he, he was in like <laughs> yeah. three seasons of that show no, but, <laughs> no, but this that's, is, that's, that's
1: amazing yeah for sure <laughs>
3: But that's also moving the thing. It's like, on. but that's marketing as well. Kind of as you go along, where like um, John Candy for us was built in the Silent Partner as being a thing. But this was his first role, and he's barely in it, right? So it's one of those things mm-hmm. where you can also kind of retroactively be like, oh yeah, Julian Richings, he's in everything. He's great. He's
0: great. Yeah, absolutely. The Jennifer Lawrence, um, the Jennifer Lawrence movie. I, I haven't even seen it. It's on Netflix. Hunger Games. No, no, no. No. Oh. Like her first movie. Oh, um, I'm sorry, guys, so uh, but uh, no, you know, Winter. even even before Winter's Bone, she, she was in something. And anyway, it popped up on Netflix because it was Jennifer Lawrence and she had become a big star. So that in retro, it absolutely retroactively it happens, happens. yeah, yeah, for yeah for
3: sure. Sure. So uh, back to the plot. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Go ahead, gentlemen. So uh, we have left our our man in pieces. Uh, what is the uh, what's the next step?
0: Well, then we're introduced to a ragtag group of group of individuals. Who um, slowly come together, and each of them—the the fascinating thing about each of these individuals, as they're trying to work out where they are and how they can move from room to room and survive—is that, um, that each of them is different. Each of them is different in in, in the skills that they bring to the group. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they were they were brought together to see how they would to see if they were able to work it out.
1: Right. Um,
0: Here's a little
3: piece of trivia for you guys. I don't know if you uh, if you know this. So as this was originally conceived, they wanted it to be even more Terry Gilliam esque, and originally they were <laughs> all supposed to be accountants.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I heard I heard that. But but you know it's interesting because they and this is something that I don't think Adrian knows, but he will love. Is they ended up giving? Do you, do you remember how they all had names like Levin? Yeah. So they all had on their jumpsuit their name, mm-hmm. right? All of the characters' names were names of prisons. Real prisons that are kind of based on the types of person that they are. Like Levin was for like Leavenworth and Quentin was for like Sam Quentin, and each mm. each of those prisons are known for the kind of thing that that person was. Like so, Levin I think Leavenworth is for like white collar crime, and that's where that like, that accountant guy was from. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's anyways, fantastic.
0: Talk uh, about talk about the broader metaphor coming in there, right? About about
1: being trapped and imprisoned. Adrian is all about uh, coming up with a plan, a little bit of metaphor. And, and oh. Adrian,
3: we're going to pick your brain later. I'm excited yeah. about this. I got some questions.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. <laughs>
3: all right. So uh, we, are, we have our, our ragtag group. Uh, they slowly puzzle through how to escape from this thing without getting their faces melted off or cut into pieces. Yeah. Or... So, so, what,
0: so what happens is as, as you go into each room, like the room is either clear, like where there are no traps, or the room is trapped so that the person that hops into the room right. will get sliced, they'll get acid in their face, they'll get squashed by something, you know, gas. Mm-hmm. So so they have to kind of work out how to move from cube to cube, from room to room, um, without
1: getting annihilated. So we, we introduced this one character. I can't. I think his name is Ren. I always thought, and it's funny, because now that, now that I found out about the prisons, uh, I always thought that they were calling him like, uh, the Renard. I never, like, looked up on IMDb, but I always kind of thought, um, it was a reference to, like, the Fox, or, like, an escape artist, because I don't know if you guys remember, like, Oceans, I want to say 12, but, like, the French, the French, uh, Renard escape artist guy. But anyways, but I, I was thinking that, um, anyways, they introduced this guy, and he was kind of amazing. He was my favorite character when I first started watching him, <laughs> because... The prisoner? Uh, yeah. 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 No, no, the I really... The escape artist, sorry. The escape, escape artist, artist, yeah. yeah. Because um, he did this thing which I, has always stuck with me right from my early, I guess, teens when when this came out. But um, he, everybody's getting angry and cranky and they're like, you know, we don't have anything to eat. What are we going to do? And um, and this guy who's kind of like the survivor man, mm-hmm. right? Like he's he walks in and... He doesn't even hardly talk to the people, and he just opens up the next gate, and they're freaking out because they think something's gonna go wrong. And he tosses a boot in the next mm-hmm. room. So that's how he tests. That's right. how he checks that the room is is uh, free of traps. Right. The boot gets like a bolt of lightning on it, and he pulls it back, and it's singed. And he's like, "Whoop, not that room. We're gonna go, you know, try the this yeah. other room." But he does this thing which I I've always has always stuck with me, which is he takes a button off his his shirt, and he puts it in his mouth, and he says, um, "You know, if you if you suck a button." It will keep your saliva running all the time so that you won't dehydrate. And yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because later on in life, I was watching like a Survivor Man with Les Stroud. And he, he said the same thing, which I thought was really cool. Oh, he probably watched The Cube. He probably watched The Cube, Yeah, for sure. I mean, Les, Les Stroud is a Canadian. Uh, let's too. talk about
3: genius filmmaking for a moment here, just in terms of uh, creating, like how to set up a, a film that is interesting and intriguing uh, right off the bat from a plot point. And, of course, one of the main things that I think a lot of modern films forget is the ticking clock. Like, what is the time point that we need? And you have an, a character mm-hmm. outright say, we have three days without food or water mm-hmm. before we die. So there you go. There's your... There's there's your ticking clock mm-hmm. right off the bat. We got to get out of here in three days, or we die. And we have to do it before we start getting delirious, right?
0: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. And they do it, they do it well with the makeup. As people are, as people progress, and you see the lips, and they start to deteriorate Correct. and get yeah. tired. They don't really. And I did wonder. There was at one point they came across the uh, handicapped individual, mm-hmm. and he 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 urinated in the corner. And I wondered I wondered you know would he have done that if he had if he had been
1: dehydrated. Yeah. yeah, he would, he would have. have. Yeah,
3: you are fascinating in what you wonder about. You, you, <laughs> you, can, definitely, you can definitely, you can definitely,
1: and it's really frustrating too because the the problem is is though even though you're dehydrated, your bladder can still be full. Like, it doesn't, like, re-go into your body and, 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 you know, hydrate you. So it's actually really frustrating because you can actually be super thirsty and, and still have, a full have to bladder. pee and be angry that you're peeing out potential liquid that, I mean, you can you watch Waterworld, though. I mean, we yeah. all
3: know your penis will betray you, right? Yeah. So you can't help it.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's true. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you watch Waterworld, you can yeah. drink your own pee. Okay. yeah so uh, yes. Welcome then, back. <laughs> You're absolutely right. The ticking clock
0: is super important to to create, to, to build that tension to make sure that you uh, you you care that people are moving forward because part of the fund- of people could just sit down.
3: Yeah. I, I think part of the fundamental thing that makes this film interesting and last is that this could so easily be boring. It is a bunch of people in a room talking Mm -hmm. about how to get outside of this room and it's essentially the same scene it is the same scene everything is shot in exactly the same uh cube over and over and over again and there is Mm -hmm. the set is literally two different cubes one that's three quarters and one that's a full cube um Mm -hmm. and it could so easily become boring but because you add this this ticking clock you're able to ratchet up the tent you automatically have a way to ratchet up the tension Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Uh, yes absolutely and i will say that um when you're in a situation like that, the sort of the characters and the people are, are the thing that's going to keep you in the movie. And my favorite, my favorite was the character turn of the leading man of the police officer. Oh, yeah. him You, turning, you think he's going to be the hero. He, you think he's going to be the leader and the hero. Yeah. And that's sort of how he comes off at the beginning. But at some stage, he turns.
2: And that was my absolute favorite turn. Mm-hmm. I really like It that. seems very realistic too. As much as he does, he becomes a kind of heightened crazy monster. Uh, he, he's yeah, great. At, it, it makes sense. He's kind of like a fascist. And it all starts falling apart. And when he goes crazy, that's the guy you don't want to go crazy, right? And
3: we should also talk about uh, how great this cast is for such a low-budget mm-hmm. film. So that specifically is uh, Maurice Dean Wint, who plays uh, Quentin. Um, you uh, you may know him from a number of things. Uh, he plays Luther in Hedwig, which is one of my personal favorite mm-hmm. films, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, he's also in Rude, which I'm sure we'll get to again. That's a very important film for uh, black Canadian history. Um, Nicola de Boer, who is like a genre queen. Yes. Uh, I don't want I to get into
2: in prom
3: night four oh is this <laughs> yes, prom night
2: four no deliver us from evil it's a new bad guy oh, okay. a new bad guy terrorizing your prom <laughs> um uh
3: nikki gugadini's in it she's in a ton of stuff so's uh andrew miller uh people will know david hewlett from absolutely everything like mm. he's in a ton of stuff uh and he he's also in he
2: was fantastic Sorry, yeah, he was great that's also, I mean, you're talking about the great turn that where the guy you think will be the hero won't be the hero, and it's also a great turn where like the weird nihilist kind of becomes <laughs> the hero. Yeah, absolutely. I, and and I
0: I will say that his um when he when he did like I I struggled to to believe that he wanted to kill himself. Yeah, that that was a little thin for me. I think they could have done a better job making
1: him want to commit suicide because of the cube. Because he had been part of creating this cube of death. I mean, I don't think he wanted to either. I think he was just, and like Quentin said at one point, even in the movie, he was like, if you could just, if you want to kill yourself, just, just go do through it. this gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and whatever, but yeah.
3: Um, there's some things I think, again, in terms of character portrayal, that I think are very forward-thinking. Um, like, for example, the women are doctors and uh, math, math geniuses. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for for adding that. I appreciate that. Uh, we should also mention this filmmaker went on to make Splice later on. He's now sure. a huge uh, genre film uh, film television guy, doing a ton of Brian Fuller stuff. He did a bunch of American Gods, Hannibal. Um, yeah, he's he's doing a he's, he's fine. I'm not worried about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I actually, I actually really liked Splice, too. That was, uh, yeah, I was a big fan. It's, it's pretty good. Adrian Brody and uh, Sarah Pauly, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they just kind of make a new being. It's pretty good stuff, yeah.
3: One thing that is, pro- there's two things that I find a little bit problematic about watching this film now is first and foremost the person with the mental handicap and the person who's, uh, who's not quite there, which apparently Cam says is not oh, quite yes. as problematic. Uh,
2: future spoilers. <laughs> uh, if you care enough about the Cube series to continue through it. Uh, there's a heavy implication that he he has been uh, medically, uh, you know, handicapped. Yes. Really? Uh. He, he is one of the cube creators, and they have tried to destroy his no. brain and kill him. Um, okay.
3: That's in Cube 3. That's cool. Cube Cube 3. 3.
2: Cube 0. Cube 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 0, which is Cube 3, yes. I did love Cube, but
1: I never watched Cube 2 or Cube 0.
3: Cube 2 is interesting purely because it is the directorial debut of Quentin Tarantino's cinematographer.
2: (laughs) I was going to say it's interesting because it's got the greatest colon ever, Cube 2, Hyper Cube. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, we're
3: just selling it on you. Um, And the other thing that is I I do find problematic is the fact that your only character of color becomes a violent domestic abuser that I'm like, oh, guys, that's a little like, (laughs) not so down with it. Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: The '90s. You see, we weren't we weren't aware of those things in the, in the '90s. We were just <laughs> the, sort of like la da da. Exactly. Well,
3: they ha- they were talking about remaking this a while ago. Now, here's mm. my thing: is I think part of this works so well because they were working with what I like to call, and what uh, professors might have called, available light theory. And the theory is that um, with the with the amount of light you have, the less light you have, the more specific you have to get to get people to focus on the specific things you need them to focus on. Um, and I think this film really succeeds because of how little they they had to work with this film was made for three hundred thousand dollars uh the director himself has said they this should have been made between for between four and five easily um mm-hmm. it, they i think they shot it in something like eight days like it was crazy mm-hmm. fast um, it was cool what? too
1: they they actually they didn't shoot in sequence what they did was they shot in each colour coloured room each coloured room everything that they did like in the white room and yeah. then they would replace the panels or replace the lighting uh, uh, what do you call yeah yeah the gels or the gels yeah.
2: yeah red room do everything in the red room blue room etc cetera, etc cetera. wow and we should say that they like they you know they go into a red room you know five different times they go into a yep. white room and, and so that's that's like a double applause for that acting then yeah yeah I never, wow i would have been Don. yeah and the
3: reason being is that apparently so um vincenzo was actually originally a Pardon me, was originally a storyboard artist. Um, he completely meticulously did his shot list. He knew exactly what he was going to shoot every single moment. And then the doors did not work on the cube on day one. And they couldn't <laughs> use any of it. Everything went out the window. And so he couldn't shoot in sequence. He had to figure out, okay, what can we shoot and not show the doors? And so three days in, they were able to get the doors working. And that's when they were able to go back to like any sort of semblance oh, of yeah. the plan. Nice. But uh, oh, that's yeah. nice. uh, that's the fun of it.
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's tough. I mean, jaws wouldn't have been. Yeah, what it was the shark didn't work. The shark, did, the shark did not work. We would have had a million shark shots. That would have been garbage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It would have made the movie more terrible. Yeah. I will say the the uh, can I can I pick on a movie that I love? Is that possible? Okay, cool. The one thing that drove me a little nuts now, um, just you know, and and I think it dates the movie a little bit, is the um, the number sequences. So when uh, when I think it's. Uh, Oh my gosh. Can't remember her name. Um The Levin, Levin, yeah. When Levin starts doing the, the all the math, there's a sequence of maybe like I don't know, it felt like nine minutes, but I'm sure it was thirty seconds, where the numbers were just kind of flipping around in circles. Do you remember that piece? Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like a little bit of a anyways, oh my gosh, that was too long.
2: <laughs> I was I was I was like, oh, I forgot how long this part was. <laughs> One thing I would give it that I I was shocked at how quickly it got to is I thought that there was a lot more griping and like fear and boot stuff before they figured it out, but there's not. Like they get to yeah. they get to her in the math very quickly. And and that's what that's kind of what I mean is like they get to that really quick
1: and then they're like there's a sequence of many minutes where they're like this is the good. This is a good room. Go. This is another good room. Go. This is another good room. And it, you're just like, okay, they're just kind of going from one room to another. Now it is a, it's a cool way to show that like time is passing and they're they're navigating through mm-hmm. this giant maze safely until something bad happens, right? And they find out that their math was kind of wrong, and, and that's when they bring in uh, Kazan, so the, the Rain Man.
0: Yeah. So Act One. Act one is essentially the, the. Act one is essentially we meet we meet all the characters. The turn act. Act one is maybe where she. Would you say that's where she starts doing the mathematics? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, and then and then she, we move through and the and even. The
2: what is the midpoint turn? The maybe, midpoint maybe turn that they that they're, they're die like they can't find the end. Yeah, Isn't I think or, the
3: midpoint turn, turn is yeah when they they realize that they're that they're going in circles.
1: Yeah, maybe or maybe Wait. that they figured it out and then what's his face dies and I think
3: thing yeah. like you have to go over who won and who lost the movie right so i think they basically lose the movie um so Maybe, i think the yeah. midpoint turn would be at a high point or when they discover the the, the mentally handicapped guy knows what he's doing mm-hmm. um, i think yeah. that might be at the end of act two when they figure out that's actually what it is it's not the the first it would be that because that would be it would need to be a win in act two for them to lose in act three
0: yeah absolutely now now quentin when quentin becomes the the bad guy he becomes the you know the, the force against which they're going to push is that is, is now we're now we're moving into act three
2: yeah i guess so just i'm, I'm sort of just throwing that out as a question interesting because it is kind of a weird one because yeah Cause I, it's guess, not a standard I guess i guess what and either. also what is your arc yeah because if mm-hmm. your arc is like getting out then i guess your third would be once they have the plan to try to find the mu- moving bridge cube mm-hmm. right yeah. but but yeah you're right that it's kind of it is like a weird tragedy so i guess yeah absolutely and so so the
1: the only person who escapes is one of the yeah one of the the handicapped gentlemen. yeah the handicapped gentleman. you know you know i will talk so about him he... for one second in that there was i mean he he had a couple great moments his but, performance was stellar. awesome yeah the, he, i thought
0: he did a really good job
1: and and the tension in the scene where he has to be quiet do you remember that and they got they got to move through the 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 room where any noise makes uh makes these giant spikes come out and everybody has to move through the rooms they think about leaving him behind because i mean he can't shut up i think is the is the point of it and everybody gets quickly through the room and then boom he makes a little bit of a noise but everybody gets through yeah the tension was amazing yeah yeah, yeah that was well done but the one thing i really liked about him was he d- he did this thing where he and, and I mean, I'm not going to do it on, on here, but he did this thing where he clapped clapped the side of his head, right? When he was nervous, mm-hmm. he was like, clap, 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 clap. And uh, there was actually a, a moment in the film where he's ev- ev- the tension is high, everything is kind of moving, he's clapping himself in the head, everything is... And then they move into like a, um, a musical sequence almost, and the clapping actually becomes a beat that continues on for the next couple, couple seconds, or like half a minute or whatever, and it really just amps up the tension of everything that's going on because it just keeps you feeling like he's clapping his ear, even though he's not, right? It's mm-hmm. it's moving into what they're doing and their plan and whatever, but really neat little moment. It's about, maybe, I want to say like three quarters of the way through, but
2: it's it was really uh really cool thing when I saw it again. Yeah, It's an interesting character, too, because I think it's kind of the first indication that Quentin is not good, right? Because he has zero interest or sympathy Tolerance, <laughs> in, yeah. in what should be the, like, this should be like the most disgusting thing in the cube is that they've somehow trapped like a, a person that can't take care of themselves really in the cube, and he yeah. he has no time for like not even a second of time for this person when it, pretty much everyone else. I think even David Hewlett, who's kind of a, a, a overall asshole, is like, hey, maybe don't be mean to the guy. <laughs> like we yeah, don't yeah, need yeah. to also be mean to this guy. And it's funny; it, it brings up this like
1: real human thing. Like if you, when you're in a situation where it's survival. Are you the asshole to survive or are you like, no, I have principles no matter what. And I'm going to, you know, stick by the group and make sure that everybody gets out. And and it's a a neat little piece of piece of filmmaking for sure.
3: Part of me as an adult feels like this is very much um, like I still think it's a it's a well put together piece of cinema, especially considering the budget. Um, But part of me also feels like this is a bit of a high school philosophy puzzle. You know, did you guys ever do that thing in high school where you had to uh, get into groups and discuss is like the apocalypse, and you had like a gym teacher mm. and a pregnant woman and an army vet and like all these people, and you and but you only had enough supplies for four people, and you had to decide who went outside and died or fe- and fed yeah, yeah. themselves. do you
2: save the baby because the baby could be good as an adult, or do you save the? Nope. Do you get?
1: Did, did you guys see the um the uh, the uh, questionnaire that uh, the government floated? Kind of introducing uh, autonomous cars, maybe earlier, earlier on this year, they they, yeah they released a, a questionnaire to the to the internet and it was basically like, at some point, driverless cars and the AI behind them will have to make a decision where somebody's going to live or die, right? So do you um, does the car plow into the pedestrians that just started crossing the street, or drive itself off a bridge? Right, and so does it know who's in the car, and does it know who's crossing the street, right? Mm-hmm. And and if it does, does it let the um, you know eighty year old man behind the wheel live, or the pregnant lady that's crossing the street live? And when it and are yeah. these
3: guys just really obsessed with Star Trek and Spock? Because this <laughs> seems like a needs of the many outweigh yeah. the needs of the few kind of test to me. <laughs>
2: I also yeah. just feel like like there's like there's a single person in the world that's all, not like no, my car is my like battle wagon. <laughs> you you run <laughs> over that baby to save me, <laughs> automatic car. You that's have, what I pay you for. Not
3: <laughs> talked to Grant Imahara yet. <laughs>
2: you don't know. I mean,
1: you don't get to make the decision. I
0: don't
2: think. So. <laughs> no, because <laughs> I think everyone would be like me. Obviously,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but like... I
0: want to live. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your car could ask you before you got in.
2: Like,
0: <laughs> do, do you no, want he... to live today? <laughs> yeah, I
3: know. Um, if,
0: if if the, the situation, situation <laughs> arises, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. okay, guys. Here's here's a filmmaking question for you, gadget heads. Uh, what do you think the most impressive shot of this film is, um, given the budget?
0: So I'm going to say the 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 shot that I enjoyed the most, and I I love shots that have have a bit of depth. So there's one particular shot where. Um, and excuse me for, with regards to names and stuff, but the mathematician girl, mm-hmm. um, she comes down in the foref- in into the into sort of the the front of the frame. Um, she's she's probably filling on the right hand side, and she's filling up about three quarters of the frame. And just in the deep background, Quentin is standing there, kind of watching her as she goes through a moment. And um, in the in the fuzzy background, in the out of focus background, and I just love that kind of thing where you have multiple layers within a shot. I'd say that's probably my favorite shot in the whole film.
3: How about you, Jason?
1: <sighs> I am not yeah I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really have a shot in particular, but one one the one part I love is is the um the uh, kind of the the last battle sort of thing where, um, Quentin's coming in and, um, all of a sudden the, the door opens and he falls down through and you find out that, uh, that the other guy, the, uh, the accountant guy or whatever he is, uh, he's hanging upside down, getting ready to, you know, yank the door
2: on the guy from, from the room below. So I, I don't know. I love that part.
3: Yeah. How
2: about you, Cam? Oh, favorite shot wise. Mm. You know what? Yeah. I, I think things that, that held up for me, which surprised me, was I, actually the exterior of the cube. I mean, there's a lot of CG, and I <laughs> expected that that would age fairly poorly, but I don't think it really did. It was still kind of interesting. And I love the when they kill uh, the main guy, and it just streaks his blood as the cube. Oh, enters. yeah. yeah. That's such a good such a satisfying... <laughs> yeah. You don't see the yeah. squish, but you just see this like streak of blood that slowly runs You're totally away. right.
1: I take mine back. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, and because because at first it's like just a little bit of blood trickling down. You're yeah. like, oh, look at that, and then it moves really quick. And streaks it streaks across <laughs> that. Was yeah. great.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: Um, I think for me, the face melt. I am such a sucker, as the people of this <laughs> podcast will know, especially if they listen to our horror episodes. I am such a sucker for a solid headshot. You know, but heads blowing <laughs> up, um, heads getting crushed, heads melting. I love it because it's so freaking hard to do because heads are very complicated. They got lots of bits and matter, um, and I really love the face melt. I think it looks great for the budget they did. I think their makeup guy did it. Yeah, well, player, I mean that their I, SFX f- teams f- amazing. for the
2: same thing that that guy getting chopped up into little cubes that that might be the best man chopped into cubes easily it's better than the losers in uh it's better
3: much better um which is this movie was three years before that so it's like come on guys come on p (laughs) uh pw anderson pw anderson Anderson, whichever one it is one of the anderson's uh you can do better Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> Wes, Wes Anderson. Yeah,
1: Wes Wes Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, one Anderson. of
3: them, one of them. Paul um, Thomas
1: Wes Anderson. Paul Thomas
3: Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a day. Don't find mm-hmm. me. Um all right. So, uh, I think that's uh that's the most that's the Yeah, that's, the that's just about
2: Cube, that's but cube. I, I mean, do you guys think you'd survive the cube? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's the got to be my one question. I
1: mean, 100% because I would, sacrifice, <laughs> I would sacrifice all of you. Yeah. Oh,
3: okay. But you need to uh, know, is that teamwork is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point. Sure. They, they wouldn't have gotten you, out with each without each other. That's,
1: that's good you point. would be my boot.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he, uh, does, he does that too. He throws them through one yeah, Yeah, that was yeah. good stuff.
3: Yeah, I oh. am very good at escape rooms. I would be fine. Cam would have built the cube, so he <laughs> yeah, would have been exactly. okay too. I, I always
2: think that I'm the person in the apocalypse who like, you know, you, you see a diamond and you go for it and then you get killed. Like you get a little too greedy, you're doing a little too well. And yeah, then, uh, yeah everybody's jeering behind your back. But it's, I would th- like it's... to think I'd be nice to the to the mentally handicapped man.
1: <laughs> you like to
0: believe it. Yeah, so, yeah. I would definitely die. You know what? I'm <laughs> I'm face I'm face melt guy. I I am suck the button. Shut yeah. your mouth. Okay, let's go this way. Oh, that was a mistake.
2: <laughs> I think I also might be prone to find the quickest death trap and just jump into that one. <laughs> Cause why not? Getting yeah, cubed and, doesn't uh, seem so bad. And, and so before bad.
0: my face melts off, I will I will say, You're welcome.
2: <laughs> <Google's
1: a> <laughs> do you think this was the precursor to escape rooms or do you think it was Saw? You oh. know what? Uh,
2: that's actually a very interesting thing, again, if you're at all interested in Cube Zero. Cube Zero is a lot It's kind of around the Saw era, and it's kind Mm -hmm. of making the bridge of the gap that essentially, like, before they had the cube, they kind of had a series of Uh Saw-style things. And that's their, like, pre-designing the cube, is is just trapping people in, like, kind of shitty Saw devices. Nice. That is
0: awesome.
3: Uh, Cam, do you have a Cam Scan Oh yeah,
2: so so normally, gents, uh, I highlight an actor in, in the film, um, and this time, uh, just because we haven't had a lot of men lately, and we haven't had a lot of people of color, I'm going with Murray Dean yeah. uh our Quentin. Um He's actually uh, born in Leicestershire, England, uh, but he moved here when he was three, so he's uh, we'll take him. He's essentially Canadian. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, he got a degree from York University, um, mostly a theater actor, though tons of TV stuff, tons of genre stuff, uh, along with lots of our favorite Canadian actors. He was a voice on the X-Men cartoon of the oh. 90s. He was the shadow, oh. the, the shadow King, Xavier's one true That's enemy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, we've found that a lot. There's like a lot of pretty good Canadian actors were the the voices on that. And also, uh, this is maybe maybe one that I I don't know that everyone will be familiar with. But if do you guys remember Captain Power, the TV show, the gun that you could shoot? Oh wait, I was thinking thinking Captain Captain Planet. I was thinking Captain Captain Planet. I was was awesome.
0: Captain, Captain, Captain right
2: Power was this weird live-action Canadian stunt one, so it, may, it that and I'm almost minute, certain it's it not good. It. I don't wait think minute, it got to
1: Did you shoot the TV? Oh, you shot the TV. You had a gun oh, that I shot the TV. That.
2: Yes. Kind of a Power Ranger style thing. And he was Sergeant Robert Scout Baker, <laughs> who uh, was kind of... He, he didn't have the best powers. He didn't turn into a robot or anything like the rest of them. But he I think he went invisible with his power. But he, yeah, he was one of the original Captain Power uh, commandos. Uh, look it up if you have not seen Captain Power. It's so worth your it's, time. It's solid gold. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like we said, uh, Clement Virgo's rude. Uh, he has a Dora Award for Courageous, uh, nominated for Genie. Oh, and I will also say, uh, also a voice on the Salmon Max cartoon, which is a personal favorite. Yeah. But uh, but I think, for me, his greatest credit is he may be our only RoboCop of color, because <laughs> he was RoboCable on the... <laughs> robocop tv show robocop prime Directus. so i think he may may be the only person of color to be a full-on robocop cool uh maurice dean went uh also a good actor but uh i just impressed with the robocop (laughs) he he was he was a (laughs) captain (laughs) power guy and he was a robocop
3: very cool fine by me uh so gentlemen uh i will be suggesting a short film right now uh that our listeners should check out uh you're going to be going to she stoops to conquer. Uh, I think we talked uh, a little Julian bit... Julian Richings. Julian Richings. I think we one talked of, about one this a of uh, You ago. may
2: see me thanked in the credits because I gave it <laughs> some money on Kickstarter. Uh, I
3: fucking love this. I think it is weird <laughs> to all hell. It's got Judy, Julian Richings in it. I went with it because it is low budget weirdness. It also involves uh, uh, a queer uh, a queer element to it. There's drag queen, uh, drag kings and drag queens. I love this so much. It is, um, some, uh, it is a woman who is attempting to emulate Julian Richings and, like, the actual actor Julian Richings and starts to kind of become him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give mm-hmm. any more away. It is fascinating. It is very cool. It is beautifully shot. And this woman does a stunning Julian Richings impersonation. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, uh of the podcast Kayla Lorette yeah. uh, also it won a Canadian Screen Award Yeah, it's, it's uh, an really, award winning podcast it
3: is really something special so I'll have that up on the uh, the website uh, rcmpodcast.com and we'll also put it on the Facebook that will be uh, come talk t- come uh, come talk to us on Facebook mm. we'd love to chat with you uh, think we're wrong come challenge us come yeah. for us listeners Th- think
2: you can put us in a cube just
3: try <laughs> <laughs> we'll can will blow it up and I will <laughs> sure, help you yeah. um, <laughs> yes that or we'll just ask uh Jason and Adrian to come get us yeah Um, save us from the queue we'll make a phone call Uh, (laughs) so gentlemen what are you uh, what are you guys doing these days how can uh, how can people find your stuff
0: Uh, you can find us at the Fable Forest
1: on Instagram Twitter and Facebook yep we have a a website thefableforest.com on there we have uh, links to uh, our first two feature films I Was a Greenhouse and Bickerman's Grove which are both both available on you know iTunes and Amazon, Google, and all that, and uh, and then FirstFramesFirst.com, dot com is uh, or firstframesfirst on iTunes is uh, our podcast. Podcast.
3: Yeah, and as you guys can, as our listeners can probably hear, these guys know what they're talking about. Go listen to them; they're funny. Yeah,
2: (laughs) and I'd also say I I highly suggest watching uh, your podcast on YouTube. It was
1: oh yes, fun. (laughs) It's uh, we we originally we started. We said we wanted to to shoot the first five to seven minutes or so. Uh, and throw it up on YouTube and then, and then take away and then do the rest of the podcast audio only. Um, but we're getting closer to uh, putting the whole thing up on, uh, on YouTube every time we, we do a show. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, those who listen to us, uh, probably have never listened to an entire episode cause we usually yeah. run long. Uh, we, uh, we, we think that our podcast is kind of garbage. But we oh, really enjoy doing 100%. it. 100%. Like, like, here's the thing. We drink beers, we catch up, we yeah. talk about what we're doing. And it's and very like, selfish. Yes. It is a very selfish podcast. We do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> but But hopefully also for you. But mostly for us. <laughs> but also for you. But mostly for us, <laughs> basically, That's, exactly, basically. Right.
0: We tell our wives it's the podcast. I got to do the podcast, and then we go and guzzle some beers and
2: talk about movies. <laughs> come on, I'm
3: about to send Cam out into the rain because Cam, Cam yeah. committed to coming to the East Side yeah, to record with so.
2: me. Uh, sometimes we have beers. <laughs> that is true. That is, that
3: is true. Every now and then. We're lucky. Well, um, it's
1: amazing. Thanks is, for having us. This is huge.
3: such a pleasure.
1: This is our, this is our, this is our first invite to uh, someone else's show. So it's, it's was, we've never been invited us. to anyone's show, so, I think. Yeah, just saying, yeah. So it's nice I mean, that
2: we're cross I mean, here's the thing.
1: You're instantly a, 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 invited to our yeah, show. Yeah, true. I guess so this entire show.
2: We're on your show now, well, kind of, really so I accept.
3: <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, so that your listeners can hear, Where Cam, where do you, uh, where do people find you? Oh, uh,
2: so I mean, uh, my uh, on on social media, I'm I'm at Cam Fest, Camfess, C-A-M-F-E-S-S. Uh, that's just my personal, but I also tweet out a lot of work stuff, a lot of podcast stuff. Uh, at iCram on Instagram, E-Y-E-C-R-A-M is where I I do my, uh, I have a personal Instagram, same thing. But, uh, this one is just movie reviews, because, uh, people like that, but my regular feed was pissed off by it, so I made his own thing. Um, but yeah, uh, mostly people can see me on TV, uh, on Hollywood Suite, the four channels up in the top, the movie channels, uh, where I just talk about movies. And then also I am on the Hollywood Suite blog, uh, hollywoodsuite.ca slash connect, where, uh, you know, I'll be talking about, well, it's Halloween, so I, I'm going to be talking about uh, the 1999 remake of House on Haunted Hill and the legacy oh. of William Castle uh, that, that it pays tribute to. Um, yeah, so that's my Halloween Spookiness
1: Cam someday we'll have to get you to review our films And then we'll bring you back on our show And you can tear us a new one
2: <laughs> And or you can trap me in a cube in <laughs> um,
3: So for myself I am as per usual at Les Shrimpton. That's the masculine The Shrimpton on the Twitters You can find me on Instagram underscore That's the shrimp party on Instagram Where I generally post pictures of other people's pets And weird things I find <laughs> at Winners um, And you know what I haven't plugged this in a while I am still in Five Nights at Freddy's sister location. Mm, uh, I play Bon sticky. Bon, the evil hand puppet. I have a fucking pop figurine character yeah. now. I'm in I'm oh. the big time. Um, I do not own it, because I do not like trinkets, but I, but, <laughs> but one exists. Well, um, but, my uh, kid probably owns it. Uh, probably. It's, it's a big thing. The, the children, they love it. Um, yeah, if you haven't played that game, guys, go play it. It's actually really a lot of fun. It's like, it's spooky and atmospheric, yeah. but it's not super violent. Um, I it's... would say
2: you have one of the best scares in that game.
3: Thank well. you, Cam. I appreciate that. So yeah, go <laughs> So go give Scott Cawthorn your money. He's a really lovely dude, and I can't recommend him and his work enough. He's just he's just trying to traumatize children. can not you give money <laughs> yeah. to the man trying to traumatize children? Uh, sweet, okay. So, uh, gentlemen, I think that's everything.
1: Thank you Wonderful. so much. You guys are you guys are super professional at this. Oh, we yeah. were taking notes the whole time. We were like, do we... you think do you think that we can keep our show under an hour? No, no, I don't think so.
3: <laughs> well, thank you guys. Uh, do you guys want to go get a moose head by any chance? I know it's late
1: let's do it I mean 100% yeah awesome let's do it we'll we'll drive all the way (laughs)
3: yay we'll
1: be there we'll be there very shortly thanks for listening to the Fable Forest Films podcast first frames first
0: yes first frames first thank you Jason welcome if you enjoyed head over to our website www.thefableforest.com check out our films and sign up for our newsletter where we will send you exclusive content
1: Hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always at The Fable Forest. And share our show with your friends. It'll really help us out a lot. Dream big. Work hard.